You're on Energy Groove Radio. We're live around the world from energy-groove.com on TuneIn and iHeartRadio. This is the Music Weekly. Jackson will be back in the studio shortly, but right now I have a very special guest on the line, Samuel Gaskin, who has dropped a single which is called Reckoning, but it's so much more than a single. There is just so much going on with it. We're going to talk with him right now about it. Samuel, how are you? I'm doing very good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Now, tell me about Reckoning. It's such a stunning body of work that you've put together. We'll, I guess, talk about the single first. Uh, How did the song uh, itself come about? Well, it's a really long story, and I'll tell you the the short-ish version. Um, I was lucky enough to be invited back home to New Zealand uh, with Yothi Indi and the Treaty Project to perform a song I wrote with them. Um, and I had the beautiful experience of going home to New Zealand, uh, with indigenous mob from Australia, uh, and seeing the power of having both Māori and Aboriginal mob under the same roof. Um, and it really, um, got me excited to come up with a project that meant I could bring us all together. And Mm. I originally thought that Reckoning would just be a, a music project, um, and I had this woo-woo idea uh, that was kind of like, how cool would it be if you could take Indigenous singer-songwriters from uh, Aotearoa and so-called Australia and put them together in a room with a pop music producer and a sound healer. Um, and I got started on that and it just took on a life of its own and then turned into a one-hour theatre show um and yeah it's just it feels like it it has its own life force and it just tells me what I should be doing and I listen and then um I end up places like talking to you right now and tell me about that experience of putting the song together um with a pop producer as well as a sound healer what was that experience like for you and the others involved oh look I'm going to be really honest with you. It was so scary to begin with because it was like I had this idea and I had I, I knew everybody in the mix. So Pip Norman, who produced it with me, um, I had worked with before. He's an amazing producer, um, has worked with everyone from, you know, Troy Sivan to Kate Miller-Heike to Baker Boy. And he actually um, produced uh, my second single, Love. Mm. And he's amazing. And I knew that he needed to be the producer on board. And then Liz Miller, um, who was the sound healer on board, is an old friend of mine. And um, she was actually, you know, quite a well-known DJ back in the day and left that world to become a sound healer. Um, And then uh, the other people I had in the mix, Pretty and Paula specifically, on Reckoning, they're actually old family friends who have never um, stepped foot in a sh- music studio really? or, or anything like that um, and kind of just were really brave and said yes when I came to them with this crazy idea. Um, and uh, we got into the studio and it was really, uh, I, it, there was just a good energy straight away um, and things just flowed so naturally and I got over that initial worry as soon as we were there in that space and I knew it was something special. 
Yeah, tell me about um, how the others uh, were feeling um, when you were exploring this idea and creating Reckoning. As you said, it is kind of a cross-cultural project in a way mm. um, between Australian Indigenous artists as well as uh, New Zealand. So tell me about that. I'm interested to hear how people were reacting um, having those two cultures in the mix. Do you know what? Like, it was such a beautiful thing to see how naturally uh, it evolved and how naturally people were so comfortable together um, in the studio. I think as Indigenous mob, like, we have uh, a common thread already. Um, I think we're always very heart-driven and heart-led. Um, and can have a yarn and a chat to anybody. So um, the feeling was just really comfortable and really um, warm mm. straight away. And everyone's been so keen to learn from each other um, and to share culture and ideas. And the most beautiful thing about everybody involved in this project is um, they're all 100% committed to the work um, and I think that's why what we're creating is so magic. Tell me about the music video for Reckoning. Um, it features a cast of 20 First Nations Aboriginal and Maori performers. So mm. tell me where this video started. Was it kind of a natural progression from uh, the initial song? I guess it was a natural progression from the song, but also uh, from the theatre show. Right. Uh, called of the same name, Reckoning. Um, and I worked on it with my partner, Johnny, um, who's my partner in life and kids and um, our company, Beat Entertainment, uh, and also the, the crew at Magella Productions, who are an amazing powerhouse female um, production company. But the basis for the clip was really... I really wanted to pay homage to the fact that we all end up uh, having the privilege of becoming future ancestors. And I wanted to make sure that we were able to um, platform um, beautiful indigenous uh, mob um, and uh, platform their strengths and their vulnerabilities and their magic and I just had this crazy idea of, imagine if I could fit four generations of my uh, ancestry in there, uh, which we managed to do. So my mum is in the opening shot. Oh. Um, and you'll see her share a hungi with Christelle, um, who is uh, one half of the Marindas and also part of the Reckoning cast. And then you'll see... Uh, mine and Johnny's kids throughout, rocking it out with me, <laughs> Maxwell and Rayla. And they also share the final hungi, um, which signifies the breath of life at the end of the clip. And then I'm in there, of course. And you will also see my great, great, great grandfather, Hatari Paidata, uh, projected behind me in quite a few of the shots. And the reason that is so special is that uh, he was one of the only survivors uh, of the Battle of Orako with his sister Ahumai, um, where essentially almost my whole tribe was wiped out 
Um, and it's been this magical thing to have him involved in the project uh, because if he didn't survive, I wouldn't be here. Mm. My mum wouldn't be here and my kids wouldn't be here either. So it's been quite cool to be able to um, have him along on the journey with me. What a fascinating story. And it must just mean the world to you to be able to share that experience with your family as well. How was it, uh, I guess, coaching people who potentially had not been on camera before or um, perhaps had no exposure to performing like that? Um, Tell me about that experience. Is it easier when when it's family? (laughs) You know what? I really feel like it is. My kids are natural uh, performers. Uh, I feel like it's in the DNA. So they were right there and straight on board and ready to ready to go of course um (laughs) mum took it in her stride and um was a consummate professional um (laughs) and also uh pity and paula who are part of the reckoning cast so they're in the one hour show as well um and also mahana they have just taken to uh being in it and amongst it like ducks to water um and it's been really magical to see um, how easily they've embraced now being in the wonderful world of entertainment um, and to watch them kind of step into their own power and their own shine and their own superstar. And they have been unbelievably supportive of me um, on my journey, rediscovering my ancestry and my uh, Maori heritage. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to ask you about what you have learnt from this experience regarding your own heritage and ancestry. Was there, is there anything that you've discovered that you just didn't know before? Oh my gosh, so many things. So many things, but I think the greatest thing I have discovered is that um, all the things I used to push away to try and fit in uh, to this colonised world that mm-hmm. I lived in, um, when I embrace those parts of myself and my culture and my ancestry and my heritage, um, that's where the power is. And I'm walking this earth with um, a lot of ancestral power, let me tell you. Um, and it's been really cool to, to have that discovery and to tap in to the power that comes with knowing what your ancestry is, whatever that may be. Um, and, and knowing, uh, what your tupuna, your, 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 your whanau, your family has been through for you to be able to be sitting here, um, shining and making music and, uh, theater shows and video clips and speaking to awesome people on the radio, um, (laughs) like yourself, um, and to know that they're a part of that journey too. Tell me about the one-hour show. Um, It's as part of the Melbourne Fringe this year. Um, And as I understand, it's actually available now on demand digitally through the Melbourne Fringe website until October 17. So the theatre show, um, which debuted as part of Melbourne Fringe last year, um, was uh, that extension of me seeing the power of having uh, both Aboriginal and Māori mob and stories together. Um, and we debuted as part of Melbourne Fringe last year. We won four awards. That's right, yeah. Um, which was mind-blowing. Um, we pre-recorded it at Hamer Hall. 
And it really is about what we were speaking about before, the power of tapping into your ancestry. Um, and the coolest thing is we tackle a whole bunch of big themes and topics from intergenerational trauma to love um, to all sorts of things. But it's wrapped in this beautiful thread of amazing pop music, um, uh, which crosses over. Um, and yeah, we, we were invited back this year. They're doing a best of 2020. So all the award winners have been uh, invited back to be part of this year's fringe. So it's just so cool because it means everyone can watch it now. It's on demand until yeah, the 17th of October and, um, lots of people missed the show last year. So it's quite cool that they'll get to experience it now, this year. And also lots of people have, of course, become interested in the show because of the single being out now. Mm -hmm. um, so it just feels like a really beautiful circle thing is happening. And um, yeah, if you're stuck in lockdown and you're missing live music and theatre and um, you want to sink your teeth into something that will both make you cry, make your heart happy, and also make you feel like you need to dance, um, check <laughs> Reckoning out. Uh, tell me about making that uh, entire performance. It's um, quite a feat to do. And I'm, I'm imagining, did you start rehearsals um, pre-COVID and then COVID happened, or was it all through 2020 that you were kind of making this, having to deal with that? Well, let me tell you how crazy I am, or should I say we are. Um, we decided to push through and create the show um, whilst in lockdown. Wow. So originally it was, originally it was supposed to be um, a season of 12 shows in real life, in person. And then obviously Ms. Rona did her thing. <laughs> um, and yeah, we kind of got the call to say... Um, it most definitely will not be happening in person, but would you be happy to um, maybe switch to digital um, and uh, pre-record it? And uh, after many discussions, we, just, we decided to be brave and do it anyway. Um, and we literally, we put everything together pretty much during lockdown. So... Um, we were doing the music on Zoom sessions. We were trying to rehearse on like, trying to rehearse on Zoom is a nightmare. Let me tell you. Oh my gosh. Um, I can't imagine. Facebook. We had like a, a private group and then like someone would go live and then we were doing bits and pieces like that. Um, and yeah, we pushed through. We were allowed to rehearse in person uh, about four or five days out from the pre-record. But the, the thing was, I, we, weren't, we were still not allowed to be in a rehearsal studio per se. So I had to find somewhere that was outdoors that overlapped our 15 kilometer radius. We all live on different sides of Melbourne. <laughs> um, and I literally, I managed to find an old tram shed on the beach um, in like uh, Brighton, uh, Sandringham area that right. overlapped our radiuses <laughs> and that was still considered outside because it was half of it was outside and then it still had the roof structure. So we didn't get to rehearse until four days out. We we're doing it at a freaking tram shed on the beach whilst people were walking past 
Um, wow. And it was insane, but also really beautiful. Um, we had lots of people like stopping just to watch our rehearsals <laughs> and kind of being like, what is this? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm sorry. Can, can you pay see- for a ticket, please? Um- <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? I, we sold a few tickets that way. Oh, that actually, people who saw us rehearsing uh, got the details and brought tickets to the show. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's good. Maybe maybe you should rehearse outdoors more. Um, technically, right? technically though, did you? Does this mean because you had to do it digitally and you had to actually film it? Um, were you going to film it anyway, or did you now have to add on a director's hat to your to your repertoire? Because obviously you have to frame the shots and you have to get people in to actually do that. Yeah, yeah. So I already had my director's hat on and my beautiful friend Michaela Bannis um, uh, co-directed with me. Um, but obviously we originally thought we were directing uh, a live uh, show in front yeah. of an audience mm. and then it meant uh, swapping over to pre-recorded that uh, we did have to think about all those extra elements like camera angles and all that kind of thing but the most brilliant thing is Michaela has a lot of experience in film and t- TV as well but we got to work in with the team at Art Centre Melbourne who came on board and picked us as one of three uh, shows to pre-record at Hamer Hall. Um, and they've got an in-house team who are f- absolutely amazing. Um, and they film everything they do there anyway. So they're really onto it um, with filming that Hamer Hall stage in particular. Right. So it kind of turned out to be this biggest blessing ever because here we are still in lockdown again. <laughs> <laughs> and we've managed to not only have the show on last year but we also uh were part of brighton fringe over in the uk and we premiered obviously digitally but we were still able to premiere in the uk whilst we're in lockdown over here in melbourne and now we're back in lockdown in melbourne and we can still um do another season of the show so i'm so excited for when we can do it in front of you know a a live audience um, but also really grateful that we decided to be brave and get it done anyway um, and pre-record it so that we can still be sharing art with the world now. Yeah, well, look, congratulations to you and thank you as well for working through all of those challenges because it truly is just a beautiful piece of work and I'm sure a lot of people are getting um, a lot out of it. Uh, so we are going to be able to see Reckon- Reckoning in person uh, in the future. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but I will anyway. Yeah. Um, we've got some live dates coming up for next year. Um, and one of those uh, seasons that we're having a discussion about with a certain awesome theatre at the moment will be up in Sydney for you, Mob in Sydney. And then we've got some dates for Melbourne as well. Um, and then we're also uh, working on a 2023 tour, Ooh. which is really exciting and, and in talks with, yeah, a whole bunch of awesome venues, both here and in New Zealand. Amazing. Uh, can't wait for that. Samuel Gaskin, it's been an absolute pleasure picking your brain today and hearing all of your amazing stories about Reckoning. Musically, what can we expect from you next? Oh, well, then we're, we're, we're already on to the next single, which will probably be out early next year. It's called Rain, and it's myself 
uh, featuring the Marindas, who if you don't know who the Marindas are, you need to look them out. Look them, look them out, look them up <laughs> and check them out. I think they're one of the coolest things happening in Australia at the moment. Um, and they're also a part of the cast of Reckoning. Um, and the song Rain is another one produced by Pip Norman. And the sound healer and co-writer on that one is Katie Underwood of pop stars fame. Ah. Um, yeah. Who Love also... That. Yeah, she actually decided to turn her back on the industry and become a sound healer as well. And she does a whole bunch of other amazing things too. Um, but yeah, she's a co-writer on that one and myself and Marindas and Pip Norman. And it's awesome and I can't wait to get that one out too, which will be early next year.
Pa' todo el mundo me lo diga 